Helene Burr, a woman who was trapped in Nazi-occupied France, wrote in her journal during the war, There is beauty in the midst of tragedy. It's very strange. Well, I agree. Very strange indeed. How could anyone who has gone through such horrible trials and pain have that point of view? Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. Just a heads up, this episode contains content that may not be appropriate for our younger listeners. I'm Timothy Gregory, and part one left us on quite a cliffhanger. We are so glad you came back for part two. Many of you might be wondering, how could someone come back from such an awful tragedy? We often think that the worst of circumstances can never work out for good. Let's see if that holds true in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Let's get to it, folks. The second part in the true story of Rodney Williams. Last week, we heard how the man in our story turned away from God at the age of nine when he chose to follow the world. This is the story of his reversal, the conclusion of the true testimony of Rodney Williams, right now on Unshackled. A neighbor drove me to the hospital where I walked into the emergency room. The flames had burned off my shirt along with part of my neck and arm. With my one good eye, I could see the shocked expression of the hospital staff. The pain was excruciating. My skin was hanging down about 15 inches beyond my fingernails. They shot me full of morphine and sent me by ambulance to the burn center in Mobile where the doctors worked on me. All doctors to the ER. My face was black and swollen. My fingers looked like barbecued brats. With scissors, the doctor cut the skin down the middle of one finger. I'm his sister, doctor. Can I stay with him? Sure. We're cutting away the burned area to drain the lymph that's making it swell. Rodney, I'm so sorry this happened. You're gonna be all right. I hurt so bad. We're concerned about the injuries to his right eye and ear. Those are second and third degree burns. 
We have to take skin grafts from his thigh to repair the damage to his neck and arms. Doctor, thank you for helping him. Looks like you're playing with fire. Uh, yeah. How'd it happen? Uh, don't, don't ask. Everyone is praying for you, Rot. We're trusting in the Lord to help you. I am too. Through drugs, the devil had separated me from my family. But God brought them to me during this crisis. Every day for a week, I went to wound care, enduring the pain with prayer, knowing I deserved far worse. A week later, I waited in pre-op for surgery to remove skin from my thigh to replace the burned skin. A small boy, paralyzed from a car wreck, lay in the bed beside me and listened as my mother and sister-in-law prayed. When they left, he asked me to pray to my God for him. Hey, uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah? Um, can you do what they did? You mean pray? Uh-huh, only for me. I'm, uh, afraid. Sure I can. He can be your God, too, so don't be afraid. He loves you, and he'll be with you no matter what happens. Let's pray together, okay? Dear God, please protect this boy that you love. Help the doctors bring healing. Lord, help him know that you will never leave him because you care so much. When I was his age, I had walked away from God because I couldn't be good enough. Tired of asking forgiveness, I had prayed, God, I'm tired of letting you down. I'm just not strong enough to do your will. When I get older and stronger, I'll come back. And now I was back. Not because I was strong, but because I realized how weak I was and that no one else could help me but the Lord. Hello, Rodney. Hey, sis. Thanks for coming by. You left your friend at home this time, huh? <laughs> she didn't do very well last time. I took one look at my wounds and passed out. I see why they don't like to have visitors in trauma rooms. How's the pain? Uh, the physical pain is more bearable than the mental one. Mm. Feeling bad about what happened? Ashamed of how stupid I was. I've been lying here thinking about how good your husband was and what a lousy husband I was. God doesn't want us to live in the past, Rodney. I know, but he wants me to warn others about the dangers of meth. There's someone else waiting to see you, uh, Pastor Bill. Oh, good. He runs the Christian rehab camp I went to and walked away from. Another stupid decision I made. Sounds like you've learned. Well, I'll be back. Thank you for coming, and thank you for your prayers. Hello, Rodney. I heard about the accident. How are you doing? I've never had pain like this, but God has been with me. It grieves him to see you like this. I've surrendered my life completely to Jesus. I repented of my sins, and I know that God's Spirit is now living in me, so I can obey him. Well, I hope that's the case. You seem sure of your faith in the past, though. Not like this. I have Jesus now, and he has me. When you're out of the hospital, why don't you come back to our camp, and, and, and we can finish the course this time? 
I won't need to come back. I won't be doing drugs anymore. <sighs> Rodney, God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt in three days. But it took 40 years in the desert to get Egypt out of the people. Before the fire, I knew about the Lord. Now, I know him personally in everything that I do. When I left the hospital, I tried living with my mother who nursed my burns, but she didn't trust me, with good reason. I had made and broken many promises in the past. I had gotten a drug-resistant staph infection and ended up back in the hospital for 17 more days. During that time, I prayed that God would direct all of my decisions, and he guided me back to the Christian rehab camp. This time, I wanted to stay. How many of you have been through one of those rehab programs with multiple steps? Oh, <laughs> 12 steps, many, three times over. First time. <laughs> Just as I thought, most of you. They tell you that you're an addict and you have to confess that until you die. You have to say, I'm an alcoholic or I'm a drug addict. But that's not what God says. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, that's not to say that you won't be tempted again by the many sins that you never confessed in those meetings. The devil's in the business of tempting you. The Bible says, Jesus himself says, the thief, the devil, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to set you free. And if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. The thing you have to confess is this. Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the dead to give me new life. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I had made a commitment to complete 13 weeks at the camp and I lost one roommate after another because they were there by court order and didn't want to be around someone who was determined to follow Jesus. One exception was a man who could find scripture verses with great ease. Brother Barry, how do you find verses so quickly? I used to be the associate pastor of a large church. And you got into drugs? No, I gave in to the lust of the flesh. I foolishly went to pray with women alone in their houses. Uh-oh. Yes, indeed. The Bible warns us, abstain from all appearance of evil. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I'd love to know my way around the Bible as well as you do. God's word is like a seed, Rodney, an imperishable seed and it will grow inside of you if you study diligently. I am, Brother Barry. I am. But you must also obey the word. God says to obey is better than sacrifice. I love to memorize scripture. I love it when God shows me deeper meaning. When you follow the leading of God's spirit, his word will flow out of your mouth to everyone who will listen. I want to write a book about my failures and how God rescued me. He was there all the time. 
Indeed he was, brother. Indeed he was. Sometimes I sat for hours studying the Bible or going over the scriptures with Brother Barry. And by the time I finished at the Christian camp, I was strong in word and spirit. Well, you finished the course, Rodney. Now the real test comes. Yes, Brother Barry said the same thing. Keep dying to self. <laughs> and avoid the lusts of the flesh, including the desire to use drugs. Amen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. <laughs> That's the way. God's Word is the sword of the Spirit. Use it often, and be sure you join a local church. I'm going to join your church, Brother Bill, and I'll be there every service. I noticed the guys coming through here again and again are the ones who didn't go to church and stay in the Word. That's exactly right. Where will you live? With my dad. And that's a work of God, too, Brother Bill. Once, when I was running drugs and missed a lot of work, I told the boss he was dead, just to have an excuse for missing work. Make yourself at home, Rodney. Hey, you didn't bring much with you. All I really have is Jesus, Dad. And I don't intend to let go of him this time. Glad to hear it. Hope it's true. He is faithful even when we are not. Well, I'll say this. You look a lot better. That's the Lord, Dad. Today, I apologize to my son for being such a lousy parent these past 15 years. Well, how do you take it? Okay, I think. All those times we came to family gatherings and then I left him so I could go get high. Oh, what a waste. Well, you can't change the past. That's what I told him. And he forgave me. Rodney, don't you be bringing any drugs into my house. Oh, I, I won't, Dad. That's behind me now. Time will tell. There's a lot of other people I need to apologize to. I have a list of 50 lost souls I'm praying for. People I hurt or ones who hurt me. Like I said, you can't change the past. No, but God can change the future. And I intend to share Jesus with them. Folks, we'll get back to Rodney's story in just a moment, but first... I want to share a bit about how our supporting ministry has an impact all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we are able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there is one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check to Unshackled and mail it to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the conclusion of the story of Rodney Williams. 
God let me witness to many former drug buddies. Some of them reacted badly, some listened. Some are in prison or dead of a drug overdose. But all of them saw the change in me. I gave my testimony in church. I chose to take the road of darkness, drugs, alcohol, and gambling. And I had lots of company. Jesus said, Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I fell so deep into darkness that one night I held a gun to a friend's head and threatened to kill him because I thought he had stolen some pills. Drugs make you do stupid things. Let me tell you, Satan is out to destroy you, but Jesus came to save you. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The mother of the guy I almost shot that night was in the congregation, and she asked me to talk to her son. I did, and he went to the Christian rehab camp. Word spread, and I was called to the bedside of dying friends who needed prayer. I prayed with families, too. Some recovered, some didn't, but all heard the gospel. Occasionally, I picked up hitchhikers and told them about Jesus. One day, I picked up a hitchhiker, a quiet man who had all his possessions in a five-gallon bucket. His name was Ryan. I'm on my way to Florida, look for work. Ask the Lord to help you, and he will. I have. You know, God has a plan for your life, Ryan. Trust him. I used to be a drug and alcohol addict. I drank every day and gambled obsessively. One night I was making meth and the fumes caught fire. God spared my life. And now, I tell others what he did for me. I prayed back there on the side of the road. I asked God to show me what he wants me to do. And he led me to stop and pick you up. So he answered your prayers. Are you hungry? Yes. I'll get you something to eat at that truck stop up ahead. I got him something to eat and gave him a Bible and all the change I had. Then I thought of the Christian camp where my life had been transformed. So I took him there. And it stayed? After we got Brother Bill's permission, good. Dad, I put his bucket in the back, and while we were driving down the road, papers started blowing around. I had to stop and gather them up on the roadside. What were they? Numbers and graphs on some kind of graph paper. I guess he's a mathematician or something. But he just sat there like a little kid, like that autistic guy, Rain Man. Given from that guy you picked up who just wanted money to buy more drugs. Uh, Ryan was very meek, but he had nothing, Dad. I mean, nothing. Mm. I'll, I'll buy him some new shoes and clothes, son. Oh, thank you, Dad. It's been a year now since I was burned. I feel that God is leading me into ministry. I'm not surprised. When you were little, you used to tell Bible stories to kids in the neighborhood. But don't you have to go to school to be a minister? I've been praying, and I think God wants me to go to college in Mobile. You're welcome to live here while you finish college, Rodney. 
With no money, I registered by faith for classes at the University of Mobile. Mother gave me the money to register, but I was trusting God for the tuition. A week later, I received federal aid and sat in class. That's our God. He provides our needs when we trust Him. That November, my church licensed me to preach the gospel, and I gave my testimony and preached at churches in Alabama and Mississippi, and also at Christian recovery centers. Two years passed from the date I was set on fire for the Lord. I wrote the book about my experience and gave it to whoever would accept it. One day, a stranger called me. Hello? Is this the guy that wrote a book about meth? Yes. I need help, man. I'm in so deep. So deep. I've been there. And Jesus is the answer. Oh, don't be talking religious stuff, man. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus saved my life. He pulled me out of the same pit you're in. He lives and he loves you. He will change your life. Yeah? How? You have to put your trust in him. Repent of your sins against God and ask him to save you. You don't get it, man. I owe people money. They're going to waste me if I don't do it myself first. Satan wants you to die and spend eternity in hell. But Jesus died to give you eternal life. Trust him. You have to take a step of faith and trust him. It's the only way. I've been a fighter all my life. I don't know if I can stop fighting. Following Jesus is not for wimps. Every day is a battle. But the battle belongs to the Lord. He gives you the victory when you surrender your life to Him. I'm desperate. I'll try anything. Even that. I was a senior in college in Mobile by then. I had given my testimony on the radio, and my ministry to meth addicts was well received by the media. I was also leading a singles ministry in my church when a young woman came to me for counsel. The court sent me here. For drug counseling? Yes. I was arrested. It was horrible, going to jail. I've been there, I know. You have? Yes. For more than 20 years, I was addicted to drugs. Which ones? Every kind you can imagine. I tried all of them and came near death several times. I have two little girls, and I don't want them to grow up like me. Hmm. How old are they? Two and three. Still young. Take them to church where they can hear the truth. I've tried that, but then I get to feeling down and worthless, and getting high helps. Jennifer, storms affect all of us here on Earth. Life isn't easy. Sometimes I go from high on the mountain to low in the valley. Really? Yes. You can't trust your feelings. You have to trust in the sure promises of God's Word. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Will you counsel me? I'm no counselor, but I'll tell you this. You need to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The following Sunday, she was in my singles class. And from then on, she began to seek God with all her heart. So I quit smoking. Hey. Oh, hey. Good. 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 It's really true. 
Each time we ask the Lord to help us, He does. For five years, I had been praying for a Christian wife. And as God transformed Jennifer, we began dating and ministering together. Did you know the guys who died, Rob? One of them. He was only 20 years old. His mother is a friend of mine. Cooking meth is so dangerous. Could have been me. Same situation, explosion. They ran down the road for help just as I did. Only they died. God saved you for a reason. Yeah, to tell others. And I'm doing it too. I just wish more of them would listen. It's very special that his mother asked you to speak at his funeral. Yes, I'm going to be blunt. Young men are not supposed to die like this in the prime of their lives. There are consequences for making the wrong choices. Well, speaking of that, Jen, we have to be careful to do things God's way. You know, I care about you. I care about you too, Rod. And I agree. We both have lived such ungodly lifestyles in the past. But not anymore. I want to please God in everything I do. I graduated from college in May 2006. In July, I was called to pastor a small church in Moss Point, Mississippi. I was not keen about it at first, but God showed me this was where he wanted me. The church was meeting in a trailer on three acres of land, but volunteers from Wisconsin came down to help rebuild after Hurricane Katrina, and they helped us. That December, I asked Jennifer to marry me presenting her with a dozen roses. She accepted and called me later. Rodney, I was looking at the roses when God spoke to my heart. He said, while you and I were living a sick, depraved life, he was growing the roses for you to give to me. He knows the end from the beginning, Jennifer. He's such an awesome God. In March 2007, we held services in our new church with about a hundred people. I spoke on the radio and also at several schools in the area. At one of them, about 30 students came forward with personal problems. I was high on victories of God. Hello? Brother Bill, it's Rodney. Hey, Rodney. How's the new church? Growing fast. People getting saved every Sunday. Hey, I picked up a hitchhiker and took him to the Christian camp because he was a drug addict. When I preached there today, three men came forward. One of them was that hitchhiker. Oh, oh, I'm proud of how the Lord is using you, Rodney. But stay humble under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Good advice. It was God who was reaping a harvest through my testimony. In June, Brother Bill married Jennifer and me in the new church. He has since gone home to the Lord. Jennifer works with the pregnancy center, teaching abstinence in schools and youth groups. We often minister together, telling of God's grace and love. Whatever the sin, Jesus is the only solution. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listening friend, 
God's love and grace are for you. If you have never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ with your life, why not do so now? It is the most important decision you will ever make. If you need help with this life-changing decision for Christ, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org. Or you can leave us a message at 312-281-1264. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Keep an ear out because the winner of our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast will be announced in a couple weeks right here on the podcast. We're excited to send out this beautiful scripture plaque with 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, and 6 to our special winner. And after that, we'll start a new drawing for a new plaque to give everyone another chance to win one of these great reminders of God's Word. And next time... I'm really glad to hear you got into business college. Gary, I know how much you wanted to. You wait and see. I'll be a millionaire someday. Gary was convinced money and a successful lifestyle would fill his deepest needs. Money isn't everything, son. It sure helps. He faithfully attended church to stay on the good side of God. How come you still do that church thing anyway? Nobody else in our crowd does. I don't want to get on the bad side of God. <laughs> Your folks don't make you go, do they? Nah, I feel guilty when I miss a Sunday. Even as he lived, life on the edge. I know there'll be more chicks at this party than the last one. You better be, dude. We could score some cocaine there for sure. Maybe even buy enough to resell. But discovering the true nature of God would make a lasting impression. It's frustrating. Maybe I got on the bad side of God. I don't think there is a bad side of God. What do you mean? Maybe you don't really know God. Don't miss this classic true story of Gary Reynolds, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Rodney Williams Part 2 were Brian Plaharchik, Tom Geich, Natalie Berg, Patrick Thompson, Sam Sanders, and Michael Torrey. Original music, Don Bador. Sound effects, Patrick Thompson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kenitha Gabler. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.